to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Kotsian. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Welcome to the Barracks Podcast. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, Carrie? How you doing? Hey. Any new cheese lately over there in Wisconsin? I have not been eating cheese, no. Oh, I forgot about this microphone. What I Our mean? guests wow, have a cool Amanda. microphone, but wow, nice. mine is not that cool. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound pretty different? Zane is probably like, yeah, this is exactly why I tell you to use a microphone every time. Well, yeah, and the I'm whole time, because now, now he's going to have to like cut that audio in half. Ah, it's fine. And then, like, do thank you, Zane, our editor. He really does so much. Everybody on the call knows Zane. He's really great. He's a cool guy. Even the Dolbys know Zane because they met him at CBLI. Zane is awesome. Yeah. So let's dive right in. We have some really cool people um, on our third, third or fourth. I can't keep track of how many episodes um, we're doing for. Uh, what is it? What is our series? Yeah, so I'm gonna take over talking for a second. Do it, do it. And yeah, this is our flattening the learning curve, which is also it's like a kind of a cheesy title, but I can say that because I guess I made it up. But you know, it's not really. It's just really sad. Um, <laughs> but it's a really great series because so like everybody's in the middle of this time where I feel like our brains are a little bit more open. And we're all kind of scrambling and like trying to shift and find things like find new pathways and whatever in our brains and our ministries. So we get to talk to people in the middle of that um, chaos. And so this is really fun to to hear from people. And we've got some great guests. Do we want to maybe have everybody introduce themselves now, Amanda? Is that okay? Let's do it. Okay. Who wants to start? Who wants to start? My vote is Rick. Thanks. You're welcome. My my name is Rick Garcia. I am the chaplain at the Chicago Harbor Lights. Oh, did I say I'm an envoy? No, I didn't, right? Whatever. Um, um, I've been there for almost a year, um, and it's been a great, great learning opportunity. Uh, The ministry there is just unbelievable. It's raw. It's as raw as you can get with the Army. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a chance to chat or chat a little bit about that later. So, awesome! Cool. Thanks, Rick. Um, Brudos, you want to go? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Bill Brudo, a captain in the Salvation Army, and uh, I'm the senior croc officer at the Grand Rapids Croc Center. We've been there four years, and uh, we we really love uh, croc ministry. Really, kind of hits all of our passions from uh, sports to Jesus to uh, people just going through the transformation process, uh, body, mind, spirit. So uh, we just love every moment. I am Taylor Bruto, a soldier in the Lord's Army. (laughs) Sorry, that's not funny. That's very true. You are. Why why are you laughing? I don't know. Just keep going, Taylor. I am the Congregational Life and Mission Integration Officer at the Grand Rapids Croc Center, and uh, I attend a lot of meetings. 
can do a lot of <laughs> okay personalities are really going to come out tonight i can tell here we go i've been zooming all day like it's 10 a.m well i'm glad that you could end your day on this zoom call we are so glad to have you i think she has another one after this <laughs> wait do you have another one after this taylor i hope not I hope not. Oh, oh I thought you had another one. I had one right before this. Well, wonderful. Oh. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Nothing is true. <laughs> okay, cool. Moving on from Taylor to Jaken. Hi, I'm Jaken Logston. I'm the Youth Development and Outreach Specialist at the Quincy Croc. I've been in this position for five years, but I've grown up at the Quincy Corps my whole life, so I've been a part of it for 30 years now. Yeah. Woo. That's awesome. I'm glad you're here, Jaken. And then we have the Dolbys. Hey, I'm Heather. I'm Rob. And um, we love Jesus. We love others. We got three kids and a little dog named Jack. And uh, we live right now in Atlanta, Georgia, but we're originally from Canada. And uh, it's cool to be on this podcast. We did meet at CVLI. And actually, my daughter, Evangeline, who is nine, even though that was two years ago, she was literally just talking about Camp Wonderland today. Aww. Like, remember when we went to that other, other camp? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, girl, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> we're stationed at THQ in Atlanta. And we're territorial mission specialists. We work in the uh, mission and cultural ministries department. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you all for being here. Um, I love that we have a really just wide range of experience and ministry contexts, and that will be a lot of fun um, as we kind of go through these questions. So we'll dive into our first question here, uh, which is this. What have been some challenges in ministry during COVID? Um, and then the flip side of that is what have been some unexpected joys. So challenges and joys in ministry in the midst of COVID. And you guys can pop in, you know, no specific order. Sure, I'll start. One of the challenges uh, that we're really facing, we work with CORE a lot. And, you know, a lot of CORE had awesome things happening, plans in place, ready to go. Um, kind of that, you know, uh, right at that season where you just kind of get ready, get pumped up for camp and all that. It really feels in some ways uh, this new normal means that all those plans that everyone was working on are, are not the same anymore. Uh, so that, that's been a challenge, right? Is, it, mm -hmm. is that on the shelf now? Is that because of resources? Uh, you can't get to people in the same way. So definitely a lot, a lot of new opportunities, but it's been a challenge to see some of the plans everyone was working on to have to uh, readapt. And there's a moment where you're just like, okay, that's not going to happen right now. And that's, that was hard. Yeah. It's also been hard just getting in touch with the congregation, getting in touch with our youth. So a lot of our congregation doesn't have internet or social media access. And that's really what we're using mostly. Um, our younger kids, they would have to go through their parents to be able to get on or do any of those things. And their parents would have to be involved for that to happen. And then with our teenagers, they're just so boggled down with this e-learning, trying to balance that. And now that they've got this extra time because their extracurriculars have ended, they're getting jobs at like grocery stores and stuff. So their hours are crazy. 
And it's just been such a challenge trying to find a way to still connect to them, to still say, hey, we're here for you. We miss you and care about you when there's not an easy way to do that. Yeah. I think for, um, you know, especially for myself, where it's a lot more business related, obviously there, there's the main thing of um, amount of money coming in and the amount of money that's going out. And so, uh, you know, once the building was shut down, uh, really all of our income sources stopped. And on top of that, you know, we have 200 people that are counting on us and our employees. And, and what does that look like? Uh, for the, the present and the, and the future. And so we've had to make a lot of hard uh, decisions, even just in the last week or two, uh, decisions that necessarily you haven't wanted to make, but we, we realize that these are things that we have to make. So, you know, even by next week, we'll only have 28 active employees uh, uh, out of 200. So really challenging. Uh, but at the same time, um, I just feel like this is completely in God's hands. Like you, ha- you have to have it in God's hand right now more than anything else. And in Quincy, we've been furloughed for about two weeks now. So um, there was this like two week COVID pay that was nice and gave some cushion to some staff that hadn't used it already. Um, but initially they were told, hey, you can go out and apply for unemployment. They're making an exception with this CARES Act. But then after all the staff stopped getting COVID pay and went to apply for unemployment, they learned that Illinois hasn't gotten that situated yet. So they won't be able to get it till June or something. So we have lost a lot of our staff. They've quit because they have to go find other jobs or they're just sitting here not having any income. So it's really scary. Mm-hmm. And the others are using their PTO. But if you've already used up your PTO, not anticipating a pandemic, then what do you have? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I took it a little bit <laughs> different <laughs> approach oh, to that question. Um, just going off of a, a little bit of everyone there, I, we we have so sort of the same uh, issues when it comes to staff and things like that. But um, I took it a little bit more personal. This question is what it during this, my ministry during this 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 time, and I think one of the challenges for me has has been. Um, trying to stay off of Facebook um, because because I see a lot of the the, the of, of our fellow salvationists putting limits on on what God can do um, mm-hmm. through the church through through the other army and it and it, it it makes it difficult because there are people in our in our small congregation and people we serve who who see that who read that and. And I feel like there's always this question. I was like, well, do we have to have these four buildings? I mean, the four walls, you know, do we have to stay in this area to be a church? And so, and so seeing other people's reaction towards what's been happening, um, it, it really, it, it really makes it difficult to see outside the box when we're placing limits on God. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is that the political uh, polarization that's happened. <clears throat> with this entire thing, and I'm not I'm obviously not going to get into it, but but um, I'm constantly reminded, you know, to 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 go back to the early '90s or whatever. What would Jesus do? That type of thing, you know. What 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 are we as Christ followers? How are we going to react to this thing? Um, 
is it going to be a, um, a simple answer? Uh, no, here's what we've done all the line, all this, you know, the army has done this for so many years and we're going to continue to do this or are we going to follow, um, and, and move and, and, uh, evolve if I can even use that word to, uh, to, to meet some of these challenges that we face. And so I, sorry, and I know I didn't mean to go all serious and everyone right off the bat, but that's been, um, challenge for me to to see the brighter side of things. I appreciate you saying that, Rick, because it reminds me of a friend of mine in Florida. I was chatting with her last week and she said something that really was so profound to me. Um, she's um, at a core level, whereas I'm at a headquarters level. So mm. we have a different experience right now. And she's like, Right now is like living in disaster mode. Like you're in disaster, but nobody's coming to relieve you. Right. And I've really been sitting with that this week because I love serving on disaster, right? Uh, because there's so many reasons. We're single-minded. You're very zoned and focused. You're very direct need. And I think that one of the challenges that uh, I've witnessed um, as we've been living this weird new normal is that initially as a Salvation Army, certainly in the Southern Territory where um, we live, is that very quickly we pivoted to like, you know, that first Sunday, like we can't meet in the building. What are we going to do? It's like people are popping up with all these different things. And those first week second week, third week, people are like, Facebook is going wild. You know, Instagram is wild with ideas and spins and how you can do things different. And, uh, and it was amazing. Uh, and then, uh, I feel like as happens in disaster, we do what we know to do, which is whatever people need, that's what we do next. But you can't keep that up, right? Because uh, we don't serve um, God by pleasing other people. And I think uh, we serve God by pleasing God first. And for me, now speaking about myself, is uh, this time has not just been about how can I be creative and think of new things. That'll be a byproduct of it. But I feel like God is like, I'm quieting down and shutting off a lot of the stuff that you do, Heather, that you fill your life with. And I'm going to have you be inside. And I also want to do an inside work in you. So I'm like literally safe at home uh, in my house uh, with my husband and my children. And I live on a campus with other families, but we are all in our own homes. Um, we're quarantined and it's, we're in like week nine of that. and. Um, Pretty quickly, you realize that with all of these um, external um, outlets, God sort of closed those down. Now, what I'm left with is this, what is inside me. And if I was confused about what was in there, I just have to open my mouth and it comes out. <laughs> and I get, you know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like one of the challenges has been um, to realize that God isn't displeased with us being creative and us being dynamic in our ministry and with others, but his first purpose is always um, our relationship and the state of my heart and my challenges. Mm, it's not as good as I wish it was, mm. but the reality of what I'm like, I'm like, mm. and I feel like as the weeks go by, I'm realizing what I'm really, really like and agreeing with God and allowing him to touch those places. 
it's hard work. It is hard work. And we can't avoid it with busyness anymore. We can't stuff our schedules till we don't have time to deal with it. Um, I think my biggest challenge is my personality type. Like I can, I think someone just used the word pivot. Like, okay, this is what was, but this is what's now. So let's do it. And let's like, let's get on with it. And so um, it's been hard for me to slow, to like, on, to just give room for people to grieve, I think, what they've lost, but also like sitting with them in that, that can be hard for me. Um, not because it's painful, but because I'm like, what's the next thing, right? Like, we got to keep doing the mission. We got to keep like, God has stuff for us. Um, but I think that um, why it's been extra challenging is because um, sometimes the Salvation Army is slow to move. Like we're, we're slow to pivot. Like we are like slow motioning our pivots. Right. And so COVID-19, this global pandemic didn't allow for us to, to slow mo into, into it. Like we, we, like it came and we're here. And um, so then like, how do we live and where we're at instead of like, we need to grieve what we lost. Like, I mean, our territory, I don't know if all territories have canceled their sleepaway camps and stuff, but ours have. And um, I still hear talks of things like, we're going to do one week of camp and we're still going to do one day of pilgrimage. And so like, I'm just wondering, like, how do we do what really matters now with the economy, with like, the, the, my greatest joy has been the rest and the hearing from God, because I don't have just like everyone saying, like, I don't have all these other things that I'm programs I'm focusing on. And like, you know, meeting everyone's expectations in um, my building all day long. And so I've had time to sit with God and the Holy Spirit is just, is, is just opening up this new world for me of like, I've been trying to talk to you and I've been trying to guide you and lead you. So how, how do we do that now? So like my greatest joy and my greatest challenge, like they go together for, for, for this this global pandemic. And um, I, I think that uh, like these words of like the new normal or going back to normal, like we need to start thinking what's here and what's now might be how we're gonna be living for a while. And what does that look like? And how do we do ministry amongst um, being separated? How do we, you know, we're gonna ease back into it and we're gonna start seeing people and being with people and programs will eventually come back and we'll meet in our, in our sanctuaries again. But how do we not lose the heart of Jesus? Just, just being like, how do we, okay, that's my thing. Sorry. I could keep talking about this, but I'll stop. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Can I touch on uh, a few of the, uh, I think it was the is it joys. Yes. Right now, what the blessings of right now? The unexpected joys. That the unexpected have. joys. Yeah. So I, I think it's a little bit of what uh, uh, last few people said. For me and, and Amanda, you would probably know this better than anyone. And kind of Amanda and I worked together a very long time. That was almost a decade ago now, Amanda. Uh, which is crazy. But, uh, you know, I'm go, 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 go. And when I finish the line, I go past the finish line and keep on going. And I think then really for the first time I thought about it since I was 17 years old. So 20 some years ago, 
that I've been able to take that time and and really focus on myself, focus on my family, and try to rest and not just try to accomplish one thing after another, I think has been, and it's, it's kind of weird to say, oh, this is a huge blessing right now when so many people are hurting, but it's been, for, for me, um, a really impactful time um, just to try to slow down and take care of my myself and my family, I think it's been huge. Yeah. And then I think a second thing is uh, I think it's been amazing how the church, yes, the Salvation Army, but the larger church has, has in my opinion, blown up in the last seven weeks in such a great way. Like I've seen the gospel message shared in so many new and unique ways that I've never seen before and just touched me in so many great ways and from so many, so many unexpected uh, different avenues. It's just been such a cool thing. And, and at least here locally in Grand Rapids, like what Taylor and, and her staff are doing is just like amazing. We're doing like virtual VBSs and, and having kids post videos online of different Bible lessons and doing worship services. It's been pretty cool. I've, I've personally yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. We love watching church in our pajamas with our dog. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. And I think it's important to recognize because uh, in a sense, it's brave to say that because there's that's almost, right. if you're in this routine of busyness, which many of us are, uh, it can, you can feel a little bit guilty uh, sometimes being like, well, I've had more time to rest. I've had more time to play games with my kids and, you know, to work on stuff. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where we, we all get what the Lord says about Sabbath, right? But there's this thing that is hard to kind of cross the, the brain barrier where we're actually better when we're rested. You know, when we take that time, we're actually better in mission. Uh, and we know that, but yet we don't always get there. But in some ways, in different ways, because we're all in different places, uh, we're there now, whether we like it or not. Uh, right. so I think that that's a really cool acknowledgement. It's important to say that's, you know, that's God's command. So it's important to be able to uh, lean into that and still serve and still be responsible and still be a core officer while still finding rest and, you know, learn, learning uh, how to spend time with your kids in a new way, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and Rob, I was also thinking too, is like, we should, as a Salvation Army, we should be proud because like so many amazing, like, even though we might be resting, there's still so many, everyone's still working, right? Like, and you've been able to see that, not just in the United States, but across the world of, of the Salvation Army serving our community. And uh, like at times when like, I'm seeing this stuff, like, man, I'm, I'm really proud to be part of, of this church and this mission. Because there's just so many good things happening right now, even during uh, some some trying times and with, with a lot of restrictions and limitations, it's still been a huge blessing. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I really struggled initially when all of the programs stopped and then we stopped coming into the building and started working at home and then we got furloughed. I really felt like my purpose had like left and I was like, now what? Now what do I do? And it caused some serious anxiety initially. And then eventually I was like, okay, it is what it is. I'm going to have to make do with this. I have to change my mindset and perspective. And once I started 
doing that and realizing the blessings of getting to spend more time with my husband, which I'm oftentimes too busy to actually interact with him. And I've gotten to be the substitute teacher for my nieces and nephews. So they come over Monday through Friday and I do their teaching and classes with them. And all the times that I'm like, oh, I wish they could work on this. I now have that chance to do it. I was able to say my purpose has changed, but it's not that I'm purposeless. I'm not hopeless. And so having that time to get a solid eight hours of sleep a night has been weird. So Mm -hmm. great. And having that chance to just go at my own pace and not feel like I have to meet anybody else's expectations or demands or needs um, has given me the chance to go back to things that I haven't done since high school. I'm able to do art again and enjoy my music. I'm trying to learn ukulele, for instance. And so (laughs) far too busy for before that now I'm like, oh, I get to decide my schedule. I get to pick what I'm doing. It's been really cool. That's so good. Great. Um, can I weigh in on that? Yeah. So I have two thoughts about unexpected joys. Um, the first one is, even though I knew we were one body with many parts, I feel like um, in a micro level, like in my own house, um, I am getting to know eat, um myself better, as I mentioned earlier, uh, what I'm really like, but also as we spend a ton of time together, uh, especially my children, I'm discovering what they are like. And, um, and when I say that, I mean, what they're like, not just between like 6am and seven, when I like wake them up to then get them on the bus to go to school. And then like from 4.30 to 8.30, right. But like in between, but also I'm learning and understanding how this is affecting them. Like what happens to them when, when the, my extroverted child doesn't have social interactions, what does that look like? Or when my introverted child has all of us in his space and there's no place to go to be truly alone and what those things look like. And then how I can, recognize those things and then come alongside them. So in a micro level, I'm understanding that even though we're all Dolby's and I knew we were different, like intrinsically, we're so different, which is so interesting to me. Cause I'm like, who are they going to grow up to be like, this is so exciting. And I can learn to serve them better as their mom and like how to parent them to become who God wants them to be. Uh, but then also like on a um, macro level, as the body of Christ um, serves through the lens of social media, and I see how people are experiencing the same um, global pandemic, but it, it, it manifests differently in all of us. And so for some people, they're more creative than they've ever been. Like Jake, and you have like time to like nurture your creative health and you feel like that's so life-giving. Um, other people have a chance to... Um, do the things they even want to do, like study or be in their home or be in their garden. But like we're seeing, uh, I'm seeing that people are diverse and beautiful and that not just what I value um, as characteristics and um, and core beliefs, those aren't like the prize, but like how what all of us together make something really beautiful. I'm really excited about that. And I see that um, when my second joy is, I'm seeing things online that we never would have seen if we only was all just doing our own little Sunday church. So because there isn't like church building, I'm seeing 
friends that I've known for years preach who I would never have had a chance to sit under their preaching. And I'm like, God, you're a good preacher. Like I'm tuning into you every week. Can we still do this after we all go back to the building? Like I'm hungry to sit under your teaching or I'm seeing young people all of a sudden there's like more of a platform or there's like these cracks you know, generationally um, and making room for them to to the conversations or they're creating their own platforms and having conversations and inviting like older people to come and speak around their tables. Um, and I am so excited by this because my hope is that um, as a Salvation Army, but also as a church, that we move forward together with um like in this intergenerational way so that we don't see each other as like oh that's just a boomer or that's a millennial or that's whatever but there's more of a 360 so even if somebody like looks at you know i don't even know like that old core sergeant major at the core and they had this idea of them that was in a box but then that core sergeant major has figured out how to work Zoom. And like every week, they're the first person logging on. They're offering to pray after the last person off, you know, doing the prayer request, checking in. Like they, they see that faithfulness revealed in a new way. Or we see people's creativity revealed in new ways. Or their spiritual gifts revealed in new ways. And I'm so excited. So I, my joy is that that is like springing up. And I perceive it and it's making me hungry for more. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's a, it's a really good segue into our uh, next question, which is what are your dreams and visions for the Salvation Army in your local context and beyond? I'm like really excited to hear you guys talk about this. It's so fun to talk about this, right? Like this dreams and visions, you know? And here, here's how, so like at the beginning, like the, I think before you guys got on the call, Amanda was like pretty much asleep and she's like <laughs> yawning and like, she's like totally like slumped down and like, so you'll see, like you can see visibly, she's actually like awake now. Oh. She's excited. <laughs> I it was bad, guys. When, okay, so we live at the training college campus in Atlanta. And like I said, like, I am a bit of a homebody, even though I'm an extrovert. And I could sit in my house all day and be fine, like, even during pandemic, which is weird, I know. But there we are. So the mail all comes to one building, and we go pick it up every day. And when I go to get the mail, if I encounter someone along the way and have a little chat to them, 30 seconds, 10 minutes, I come home so excited and bouncy and I feel all like, and I think, what is going on? And I'm like, I had a social interaction. (laughs) My extroverted self is like fed and happy. So I'm like, Amanda, like social interaction, people, ideas, like conversation. It's very (laughs) stirring. Yes, exactly. I love it. So yes, dreams and visions for the Salvation Army. I guess one way to look at that question is uh, I'm so excited for those that are, you know, the creatives and the prophets and those that are uh, gifted. I mean, we all hear God, but uh, my prayer is that we would hear God's voice through that part of our body. Uh, You know, thinking of that Joel II army that's unified, marching uh, shoulder to shoulder, not jostling each other. Um, that Malachi scripture where the hearts of the fathers are uh, united with the hearts of the children. I think that especially for, I mean, I don't know who the youngest person is on this podcast. I'm like well into my forties here, 
we might have some like 20 year olds and uh if there was ever a time where 20. we needed to see what's that <laughs> Sorry. No, how old are you? I got mute. I got a mute. You asked people that. You oh, I asked who was 20. But for real, listen, if there was ever a time where the church, the body, the Salvation Army needed to see the generations come together yes. to the table, uh, what an opportunity this is. Now is the time. You know, you hear the word revival thrown around, um, you know, and, and we get that, right? Because, yeah, the gospel is being preached all over the world at an increasing rate. And that's exciting. More and more people are going to come to know Jesus. But when we ask ourselves the question, even if we went out harder than ever, got more and more people saved, more people heard the gospel. When we stop to ask the question, what are we then inviting people back to? Right. And whether that's our buildings, our programs, uh, our forms of worship, what are we inviting people back to? How has that changed? And, mm. and I'm excited to just hear from more people and uh, from the perspective of, you know, folks that are in places that are making decisions, uh, how we move forward, my prayer is that they would find new ways to listen and hear uh, beyond just uh, giving a lip service, but to really yeah. take that on board and let that shape and form how we move forward because we're, we're in this together. Yeah, we are. I'm also excited. We live in a world where media and technology is really what's happening. And there's been so much resistance as we're trying to say, hey, let's get our church ready for this. Let's get there. And the pandemic made everyone hurry up and figure it out pretty fast. <laughs> and so I'm encouraged that it's like church can happen outside of our building. Church can happen outside of Sunday. And now everyone's been quickly figuring out and getting on board with how to get their services on online and like you mentioned I think most of us watch 10 to 20 different services every Sunday now instead of just <laughs> the one that we go on are like whoo I'm fed we're like now let me go find so and so and this person here and we're able to just see so many different viewpoints and ideas and perspectives from so many people that have touched us over our years with them and so to be able to keep that going to be able to keep it in the forefront will help those that are stuck at home more than just now that aren't able to get out or be involved in the way that we would like them to. Mm. Honestly, I feel like since we've all had to start recording our sessions, our sermons, I feel like people have really been upping the ante. <laughs> oh my God. We're going to see it. It's not that, Oh, I just kind of, the other life gets busy. It happened. We're really like, hold on, let me figure this out and add this. And I feel like they're giving their all, knowing that it's something that will be out there forever and can be replayed over and over. And that's what we should do is have that energy and that excitement of, Ooh, okay, who's going to be watching this time? And how can I put my energy and passion and excitement and my best forward? I also think, uh, sorry, I talk a lot, but hey, they can edit it. You know, uh, one thing that is a generational gap is how we think of institution. Um, but also there's not, see, it's not only an opportunity for, you know, young people to take over and become the driving force and decision makers, but it's also a time where we could really see unity mean that young people get to learn from older people. Because one thing we're seeing, uh, and we should know through this is institution isn't bad in and of itself. That's right. And understanding that this generation that's coming up doesn't have the same trust and place the same value in, um, organizational institution. This is also a great opportunity because you can't help. Like we all can be frustrated with headquarters. 
like we get that. But y'all, like truckloads of food boxes are showing up to serve the community. And that's not by accident. That's because there's a, a, a network, a mm-hmm. infrastructure mm-hmm. that it even is institution. So I'm so um, excited to see how there's a renaissance, even of the best parts of institution, that it's not all bad, but how, how it's about the, the blending of the two things, the new and the old together, right? Like a grafting. Mm. Like wineskins. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll have to say that I think the one, the, the one really cool thing is that I've seen these different generations of of it's either, if it's either officers or if it's congregants, uh, community members, really just kind of coming together and just kind of meeting people where they're at, right? And kind of just it's in my opinion, it's not so transactional. And I think a lot of it is because our society is built to be busy, right? And frankly, like that is kind of what like at least on the Croc centers. Um, like the, the purpose of the Croc Center is to fulfill <laughs> your time to to create busyness. Um, and now we can just kind of strip some of those things away. And it really all it is is about people. Right. And it's about um, stopping everything and just building relationships. And once again, just taking that time uh, just to kind of understand where someone's coming from. And I think that's been uh exciting and i think that that's how we're going to continue to grow and that's what the future is going to look like i mean that's what, that's what the army's always been about but i think at times we've we've kind of lost our way just like everyone in society has lost their way because of the busyness right and i think uh, and i hope and i pray that through all of this that um we can remember just to slow down and continue to focus on the people we we wear busyness as like a badge of honor like, did you see how many things I checked off that list and how many programs I led and all the things that I accomplished? And so I think um, my dream is for the Salvation Army is that we break um, the chains and the bondage that we have to busyness and that we stop idling bus- busyness. It is an idol in our lives. I, like, I don't even, like, you're, when we're talking about, like, the institution, um, I want to, like, I want to be excited about, about that. Like, what, like, Rob, what you're saying, like, I want to, I want to, I want to feel and see what you're saying. And um, I think that the only way that we can do that is by breaking that bondage that we have to busyness. If, if we're, if we're in bondage to that. And, like, I just... I, I've just been like sitting in Exodus lately and I'm like, you know, like the people coming out of Egypt, they're coming out of bondage and they're, they're like wandering even before, before they even crossed the Red Sea. They're like, like God told them to like act confused and to head back so that, you know, Pharaoh would be confused. And I'm like, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden God's like, let me show you, like, you want to head back into that junk? You want to head back into your, let me show you, let me part the Red Seas and deliver your enemies. Like they're going to be gaining on you. You're going to be running for your life, but I'm going to show you. And then like they get in the wilderness and they're just like, where's my food? Where's my food? And, and, you know, God provides manna. And even before he provided the manna, they're like, I think it was better Moses when we were in Egypt. Right. And, And like then, you know, you guys know the story and the people listening are going to know the story of Moses and the ex and what happened in Exodus. And 
And I just, I just like really believe that we are living in that right now. Like we need to stop building the golden calf of busyness. You know, like before, before COVID started, um, we were at Mayo with my daughter who she's, she's okay. But um, we were dealing with some tough stuff. And I looked at the calendar and like, I just had tears streaming down my face because I knew that I had 10 weeks that I had to get through where every single day was, was going to be busy. Like every weekend, every Sunday afternoon, every Friday, like every single day, there was an event or something that I had to do or drive three hours for an event. And now I think that a lot of those things are great and that God can use a lot of those things. But like, what are we, we're missing so much of the rest. Listen, that's awesome. Can I, can I say, sorry, and I'm talking too much, but I can't help myself. Listen, I want to be straight, straight, straight up here. Um, For the older generation, often people that are in positions of authority in the part of the body we serve, when they hear this generation, our generation say things like the, the, golden calf of busyness and we need to find a way that that doesn't take us out and we repeat the same mistake what they hear i believe uh is oh they mean they don't want to go to work yeah oh yeah no they're they're not going to do anything they just want to stay home and not go do the programs and i'm so that doesn't make me feel bitter or upset or misunderstood as much as it used to be uh (laughs) but i wonder how do we how do we find a way forward but also communicate us saying this generation saying, you know, we don't want to go down that road of busyness and let that be what's on the altar. How do we communicate that in a way that still says, but they're in that there's still valuable kingdom work and growth to be had even in that. I'm so curious. So, I, need to, I need you guys to explain to me, how do we translate? So, I'm just going to, I really appreciate what you're saying. I'm just going to say that um, they need to look at the stats. Like, I know that's like... <laughs> Like I look at when things are growing, they are healthy and God is providing and he like he's like we're flourishing because of his his provision. And so I see numbers as not the end all be all. So please, like anyone who's don't hear what I'm not saying. But when when our church, when our Sunday numbers are growing, that is because God is working, not because of us. And when I'm like when we're so busy doing all of the, these little things that I'm not saying don't matter, but I'm wondering if need to be realigned and condensed. Um, We are missing opportunity to build relationships. And so like, I don't know, I can't speak for anyone else's territory, but like we have been going through seasons, many seasons, I feel like uh, we don't have enough officers. We are core dying. Um, We have four people on a Sunday. We have 40, like when people say 40 people on a Sunday, like that's a big core or that's a mid-sized core. For. like like people like should be flowing into our congregations because we are literally like we accept anyone we we are like the hands and feet of Jesus we want people to come as they are we are the people out in the community and then we have these low numbers and and so like I would I I would I, I think that the stats are are those numbers are showing in our at least our territory again I don't know um, what the South looks like, but I just think that our generate, like the, our, the generation before me, before us, uh, needs to really look at maybe we're onto something. Oh, that's cool. I heard a, a divisional commander. It's kind of an old dude. Um, his name is Colonel Maccabee. He's a DC in Georgia here. 
And he said a really cool thing that gave me so much hope last week. He, when we were having these conversations, he said, okay. I said, well, how do we do that? How do we, how do you count this? Right. And he said a cool thing. He said, well, you have to think this way. Let's count horizontally instead of vertically, you know, counting vertically looks like how many uh, people are sitting in the chairs, but let's learn to count horizontally, which looks like relationships, which is like how many people in a day did you engage with? Did you share communion and community with? And I really love that picture. Right. Because um, on a Sunday in our last appointment, maybe we have 40 people in the sanctuary, but then I've got 10 people in the lobby who don't feel like they can come into the sanctuary. And then I've got five people on the porch who don't even think they can come into the building. And then I got five people across the road smoking a cigarette, trying to work up the nerve to come into the building. But I know all of those people, they all come in at some point during the day, maybe just not at what we would consider the time of commitment. Right. But everyone is at some point of connection with us. But it is. It's a beautiful way to to look at that. And sometimes yeah. I feel like we run off people because we expect so much. There's all of these programs and events and things that it's like wow. all of the staff need to be at it. All of the officers need to be at it. All of the volunteers need to be at it. All of the church members need to be at it. And what I've seen is when they feel like we're expecting too much out of them, when they feel like we're taking more than they were willing to give initially then they back out of everything all at once and they have to take a break from us and it's like but wait if these programs were here to help you and encourage you and they're running you away then maybe they're not doing what they're supposed to maybe we're overwhelming you and it kind of feels like we want everyone to be a part of everything instead of making it others feel like it's okay for you to only give us two days or one day whatever fits into your life that's what we're here for instead of making that busyness, that mark of, well, so-and-so is here and -and so-and-so is here. I think once we start fixating on that and trying to get everyone to fill those stat roles and make our programs look like they're big all around, then they're not necessarily feeling comfortable to come for what God is calling them to be there for. Mm -hmm. And then they're too tired or overwhelmed or exhausted for the good stuff that they actually needed that's relevant to them. Yeah. That's cool. Okay, yeah. so I, I feel like Rick has tried to talk. Like I know, I was about to go to Rick. <laughs> Thanks. Um, How are you, Rick? Hi. Uh, <laughs> to, to me, <laughs> I listen. I love listening to all of you. It it it, it reinforces um, my faith in the army. I think uh, at times, especially during this time, there's been some low moments, and just hearing you all speak about the army and where where we're going what what it can be is just it's exciting and so for me like i i automatically thought historically of the army and how um we've had some very pinnacle moments uh in history where where um the army was relevant as can be um and thinking all the way down to world war one with the, the donut ministry that happened right um and and we fast forward uh, so many generations that still remember that those amazing uh, acts of kindness and, and service. And, and, you know, we come to other points, you know, 9-11 was another one that happened. And, you know, people, you know, 10, 12 years, whatever, I don't know, I can't do math, um, are still remembering that type of service. And I feel like we're at this moment in history again, where this this is another event that's going to either uh, launch the army into a hopefully a series of, uh, of, of more random acts of kindness, more ministry, more opportunities, rather than relying on just 
these major events to to get us through. I mean, I kept thinking of all the years we did Donut Day, and I couldn't stand sitting in you know in the middle of summer burning up trying to get you know donations and people asking me, well, what is this all about? And and only certain generations remembering the reason why we do this and i felt like i feel like all those years lost it's not that the army wasn't doing anything and not that the army was not uh, meeting needs or anything like that but it but something as impactful as the donut girls um here we are again COVID 19 mm. something as impactful as this is going to propel our organization our church uh even that much more further i think and and uh I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm watching all these things unfold. My mom, 72 years old, 73, whatever. Um, first, you know, an immigrant from Mexico comes here, doesn't still, hardly speaks in English still. And somehow she's gotten a Facebook account. She's uh, yeah. helping, lead, helping leading uh, um, Bible study and prayer ministries with, with these ladies in, in the women's ministry and it and it is causing her to react to 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 be involved in a way that she never ever thought and i keep thinking if my mom if my mom can do this um and and be involved and be part of this amazing um growth that seems to be happening despite you know the tragedy it's like this hidden blessing it's like if my mom can do this um, just how many more people are excited about what's happening, uh, what's, what's starting to happen. And, uh, that's, that's what my, my dream is to, for the army to, to grow from this and not just make it a one-time event. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Thank you, Rick. Ah, yeah. I like so that idea. I like the idea of the, the 72 year old getting the Facebook account mm -hmm. and then leading Bible study. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like so good. Your mom's we, my mom. Yeah, we we I mean we've had some seniors that like don't I mean don't know anything about Facebook, social media, and they purposely just got Facebook accounts so they could watch our our worship services, so they could be part of church. And yeah, we're watching face a Facebook Live in our like church group page, and they'll be like, "Can you see me? Am I on Zoom?" That's awesome. <laughs> Rick, uh, do you guys have like a, an institutional component where there's like residents where you are? Absolutely, yes. Um, and what does that look like? Because a lot of us that now have, you know, empty buildings, some places have full buildings. Yeah, so when I hear you guys talking about taking a little bit of time off, I'm a little jealous because we've not stopped whatsoever um, because of the residents in there. Um, our, our programming looks different. Um, we are now, you know, instead of, classes we're having this sort of these um small groups type of settings but um i don't know if i don't think i mentioned this but we've we've opened a temporary shelter um for the city we partnered with the city of chicago and that's kind of been our focus at the moment um while counselors and other people are handling the the residents the spiritual component kind of is focusing on these homeless uh, healthy homeless people um uh, and so right now it, it it's 24 seven and we go around the clock, you know, sometimes, you know, people are pulling doubles and, and whatnot, but it, it's yeah. full force. So it, it's really, it really is happening. Um, we're busy. 
Mm-hmm. Have you guys had any cases in your building? Say it again. Have you had any COVID cases in your building? We had, um, but they've been isolated immediately. They're detected, isolated, and have been, um, yeah, quarantined. So uh, we've constantly monitoring uh, temperatures and whatnot. And uh, if there's any um, issues, you know, people are are alerted right away, and people are quarantined and go home or residents stay in their room and special accommodations are made. And what has, like, what has your, like, you're the chaplain, correct? Correct. What has your spirit, like, what does the spiritual care look like for you? So right now it's, it's a lot different um, because I'm working with uh, mostly the homeless at this point rather than the residents. Um, It's, it's, it's different. It's been a while since I've been in this type of environment and, uh, I mean, you got people from all walks of life and they are, uh, I mean, I can tell you a story of a, of a 22 year old who came through the doors, who uh, was involved with heavily with the cult and family left them. They moved to Hawaii, the furthest place it can be from Chicago. And, um, and he was abandoned. We started talking spiritual things and, uh, he felt like he was undeserving of any love, of any attention, of any forgiveness. And, you know, we, we talked and continue to talk. And um, a couple of days ago, he, we learned that he, he wanted to participate in our, in our rehab program. And so he's made that transition. So little by little um, we're, we're meeting the needs. I don't shove a Bible down anyone's throat. I, 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 my, my heart has always been in relationships. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the goal for me to build the relationships. Um, and that's what the ministry to, for me for now is what it looks like. I mean, it's always been, but I mean, it, with, with yeah. what's happening. It's cool. Thanks for sharing that, Rick. Yeah. Um, we're going to kind of close with this last question here. I guess it's kind of two questions, but what has been keeping that flame going from ministry lately? And then what are some tools for fanning that flame when you find yourself getting worn out? So I like to always remember the why, focusing on why we went into these roles and who this is all for, and just remembering those small wins. And so I like, we've been working on that uh, CROC self-evaluation tool. So you have to evaluate your entire program. And I actually enjoy the process because it's a moment for me to think through the past two years, see what we've done last year, what I said uh, were our strengths and gains and things like that and figure out where we're at now. And as I'm going through that process and looking through the photos for our evidence and proof to show that we've met these standards, I'm able to go, oh yeah, this is what we were struggling with back then. Or and now it's better and this is how we've grown in that and just always being able to keep that at the forefront helps me Mm -hmm. to continue to move forward. Yeah. I affirm that, you know, I've had some tough moments uh, even recently and just having those moments where you just go to Jesus uh, and say, you know, there'd be a lot of things, Jesus, that could be easier than this right now, but back to that foundational place. But I know you've called me into this and uh, that's unchanged. You know, and that there's that beautiful place of covenant where uh, I know, I know it's him. 
And I know he holds each one of us in that place, uh, regardless of circumstances, uh, because that's a promise. You know, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Uh, and I want to stick close to him on the rock where he uh, puts us on solid ground. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like um, this idea of fanning the flame, um, this experience um, being safe at home has basically been doing the work, like administrative work. My role hasn't really changed that much. Learn how to support the field and what the field needs because um, I serve Jesus, but I work for the field. And um, at the same time, I'm doing school at home for um, three uh, school-age kids, learning how to do things I've never known how to do. And I get very stuck in the moment. And I have my time to myself, like Jake and like, will you please come to my house and, and teach my children all the things like the area of a polygon, because it's, it's hurting my brain. And it's, it's like using up all of my mental energy to learn something to then figure out how to teach it. Um, so I have been at a deficit of time to reflect and learn and sleep. And I have gathered, I've pulled towards me all the anxiety and all the stress and all of the intensity. And what I've realized is um, that when I do that, then I then push all that back out to the people around me, which makes me a really horrible person to live with, actually. And um, I get so focused on what's happening right now at this moment that it feels like it's always going to feel like this which that's happened to every season. I'm like that. When it's a great season, I'm like, yay, everything's wonderful. When it's a global pandemic, I'm like, oh no, it's the worst thing ever, which I mean, it kind of is. But for me, like what keeps the flame fanned is I, um, when I don't know, um, I don't know how to find Jesus moments and I can't put my own, like I can't get over my own self to connect with Jesus. Um, and I can't even like, go hang out with friends or be in worship at the core and let it sweep over me and weep like I normally would. I just go back to the last thing that I know, that I know, that I know I heard him say, and I hold it really, really tightly uh, and through the storm. And um, for me and my experience, um, authentic Christian community is a gift that Jesus gave me early on to be amidst in the midst of that and knowing how to be a part of that. Um, and so reaching out to people being like, Hey, I'm not okay. And then, uh, they are able to then remind me of who I am in Christ. Um, and just wash me with the water of the word and stir me up in my spirit and help me to like, you know, uh, take, like take my own self in hand. Right. Uh, and, uh, those are the things that keep me, um, uh, close to Jesus. I like to go back to the beginning of what we talked about, and this is what keeps the flame uh, or fan flame like, um, <laughs> is it, is what is you all. Um, and what I, what I mean, you is just the church and watching, um, uh, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing, you know, basically, um, God moving and 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 yeah after a after a long day at the shelter and driving an hour home um I have a peace in my heart because of what God is doing not just in our building but in yours in and yes. those uh around the territory over there um in the south even <laughs> no offense 
<laughs> but yeah, it, it is, it is, it is truly, um, um, an, uh, an energy booster. It, 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 it massages my soul. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it gives me peace and joy. So yeah, the people. So Amanda, when I, when I first got on uh, the zoom call, I just woke up from a nap and uh, I have a pretty terrible migraine right now. Yeah. And so when I read the question, what keeps the flame going? I, I it took me a couple of times to read it through because I thought you were asking what keeps the flame going. <laughs> between I was like, whoa! Right. I did. Right question. Oh, I like to do that. So we have a podcast. What does keep the flame going? That's weird, but uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Amanda, Amanda, Amanda's like, I need. I'm going to yeah, ending this out. My, my brain brain right now. My brain brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you guys all nailed it on, on head. Like, just mm-hmm. just seeing, like, all these, like, beautiful people just working together and just, just acts of kindness and just coming together, help another. And, um... You know, like we we've really been intentional of just even um like just doing acts of kindness for our staff, right? Like not necessarily even a need, but just bring groceries to their doorstep, not even know not even knowing necessarily what's going on in their life. And we're getting letters and response saying like like wow, like like thank you. Like I wasn't expecting that. And it just like the response is like we're we're just showing you that we love you. You know, like this is just a way we can do that. And so um yeah, like I, I want those those simple moments, those simple acts of kindness, just to continue on. Yeah. It's a good reminder of why, at least why I I signed up of of for doing what I wanted to do was just to help others and just those simple things of just being with people. Mm-hmm. Taylor, you have anything you want to add or um, question? Yeah, I just I think. Um, I know I've been talking a lot about rest, um, but I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how much I needed rest. Like I knew like, man, if the Salvation Army, like I saw this, like if, if they gave me like a fur, like I know we get furlough, I'm not complaining about our furlough or our benefits by any means, but we don't have a typical <laughs> opportunity, like a lot of missionaries and pastors do to have like every three years you get this chunk of time to just be away. And um, like, I was really in need of like, just some serious, like, I have been working a lot, but I was I'm home, I'm with my kids. I'm like, seeing my kids a lot. Like they have even like, they started crying yesterday, because they thought we had to go back to like, to our normal schedules, because like, they're all freaked out that we're going to just jump right back into this crazy schedules that we keep. But um, what rest has done for me is give me clarity and the kind of clarity that um, is healing. And like, I don't want to say that I feel like I've been baptized by rest, but <laughs> what? Yes. Quotable. But, <laughs> I'm writing that one down. <laughs> That's a new one. I know, like, I, I know, but you know, like the idea of like, you're a new person when you, Okay, I don't baptize people. I just want to clarify that. But do you guys have? A I have been baptized. As you can remember. Um, 
with teen mania now with the salvation army no no salvation army officer baptized me but when i was baptized in panama nowhere near a salvation army oh my gosh taylor just say the thing yeah so it's like, like, I just like, you know you like come out and it's like you just have this if you've ever been baptized you're like you actually feel like just like you are this new person and like you've just been cleansed and like this is sounding weirder and weirder as I'm talking about it. But like that's what I feel the rest has done for me is that I've been baptized in the rest. And it has given me clarity to truly see um what God has for my church and for my for like what his mission for me is. And Amanda's been walking the last uh, like two or three years with me. <laughs> and I feel like she's had to shake me a couple times, like one. Like you've been pretty patient with me, actually. I'm. You're a good. It's running thin. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Kidding. I'm kidding. It was my own patience was running thin, but um, I feel like like God has just done a thing in me. I can't. I really can't explain it because I'm explaining it as baptized and rest. It's good. I think it's a good tool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's totally scriptural. Like yeah. Hebrews chapter four is all about God's people entering into his Sabbath rest. So like, girl, I want to, I want to hear that sermon <laughs> from your live stream. I, I want to log on and hear that sermon. Yes. All right. Yeah. I'm going to start, I'm going to start writing it. Or Rick, <laughs> Rick is like, um, how do I get some of that baptism rest? <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Netflix. Yeah, like- <laughs> Wait, what? Netflix? Really, how do we, you know, moving after this, recognizing that there are some people, mainly in like institutional settings, that have not had a day off. There's like the staff is not there and they've been going like 16, 18 hours a day. It's like never ending disaster. How do we, how do we care for each other? Yes. uh, In in that uh, is going to be, we've got to ask that question too. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Rick, you can come to my place and crash if you need to. So yeah. let's do it. I got a three kids, wife, and two dogs. So yeah, you can make yes, room for us. there's room for that. It'll be a party. Except in Atlanta, the Dolbys are going to baptize you in rest. Yes. <laughs> well, that's Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit is welcome here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I just want to thank you all um, for being on this episode and you know as we think about that last question um just kind of echo what rick was saying like this is the stuff you know like when we have these conversations when we hear the heart you know of our comrades you know like i think about jaken and man i just i I know i've told jaken this before but like she's like the real mvp over here like the stuff that she's doing at the core and as a soldier as a local leader, like I, I get so excited about that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, Dolby's like, I cannot, I'm just, I'm so glad that you're where you're at. Um, it's so good. Like, I just, I can, can we get them here in the central? Um, that'd be awesome. But like, you're, you know, like you are mission people, like you're doing the things and I just love it. And the Brudos at the crack center, um, Rick, like you guys are just, it's this is the stuff that like keeps me going um and it's a joy to just do ministry um with all of you so i'm i'm grateful that you were here to kind of talk through this stuff and um yeah, yeah. thank you Kiri. do you have anything Thanks. to say 
we we this i started with like very low energy and then kind of got you know way up and then kiri's like it's dwindling down as she's i know i've I've been yawning a couple times and it's not because i'm bored it's just because it's after nine yeah poor (laughs) southern people poor eastern territory it's 10 22 by them Uh, and you all be my next corps officer yeah yes absolutely move to gary (laughs) (laughs) this is where i wanted to be for a long time but anyway thank you all um and uh we we love you um thanks listeners for tuning in and uh we'll see you next time we will hi guys nice to meet some of you thank you so much for doing this guys happy cinco de mayo everyone don't forget tacos taco tuesday yeah okay bye guys Bye. 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 bye